My name is Richard Delaney and welcome back to another special edition of The Knowledge brought to you by Gambling.com. Today for our Game Developer Spotlight series, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Chief Product Officer at Evolution Gaming, Todd Househalter. We talk craps, the most expensive casino game ever made, and the oversized reaction to their latest release, Mega Ball. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Todd Householder, and this is The Knowledge. Todd Householder is full of unbridled enthusiasm for the casino gambling industry, a sector that he's been involved in for over 20 years. Yeah, so my gambling story uh, goes way back. When I was like 10 years old, I was making gambling games in the neighborhood. Uh, my first die ga game invention was a dice game in, uh, when I was 10. And, uh, and I always knew I wanted to be in casino business. So after college, I moved to Las Vegas to get a master's in hotel and casino management. Yes, you can actually get a master's degree in casino management. Yeah, that's in Las Vegas, as you might guess. And I uh, did that and got an MBA. And um, while I was going to school, I was a dealer. And it was fantastic. A great frontline experience. Really enjoyed it. Working eight at night till four in the morning. And then, um, and then going home, sleeping for a couple hours, and then going to school in the, in the afternoons. And it was a great uh, uh, sort of intro into the industry. While working for Shuffle Master, Todd first came across one of the biggest names in live casino online gambling. During that period, we licensed some games to a company called Evolution Gaming, uh, Three Card Poker and some others. And so that's where I met the Evolution guys. And um, then I keep on working. Life goes on. Bally Gaming buys Shuffle Master. I went over to MGM. I literally pitched them on sort of creating this role that would be a, a corporate head of gaming. And uh, uh, after a series of long interviews and all that, they said, okay, let's do it. And, uh, and I had my dream job. Vice President of Gaming Operations, MGM Resorts, 15 casinos, um, slots and tables, just paradise. My office was at the Bellagio. I said, Todd, you never need another job. Having achieved his dream, there was very little that could pull Todd away from his position at MGM. That is until... And then Evolution Gaming calls and they said, hey, we just recently uh, uh, went public and, you know, we're really thinking about the future and you should come and join us and we can invent the future together. And I said, well, you know, timing's not good. I got my dream job now and this and that. And I said, just come on out. Let's have a conversation. And I came out. And I met our, uh, our CEO now and, and some of our founders, and, um, and they basically said, look, this is the future. We're bringing land-based casinos to online. We're doing it with video. We've got dealers. Your background works. It's, my background is part product, part operations, and, um, and, and it's open space. Whatever we want to do, we can do. And then the real hook for me was they said, you can have much more impact on the industry in this job than you ever will running casinos at MGM. I said, wow. And I got a chance to go live in Europe, working online. And so I said, yes, that was five years ago and here we are. So we've established how Todd got to this point. But what exactly does the chief product officer do at Evolution? I think I have the, the most fun job in gaming. Um, at its core, it's setting the roadmap for the next year and years and um, and then bringing those ideas to life. So that's what it is at its core. Uh, what products are we going to make? And then alongside that, it's 
taking all of our existing products and making sure that they evolve to players' expectations, which come from a wide variety of places. The way people engage with YouTube and Netflix and Google um, and all the apps on their phone, those set expectations about what they would expect from a gambling game online. And so we're constantly thinking about the UI, the interface. Is it intuitive? Does it work on all devices? Okay, now phones are getting longer. Uh, like ever since the iPhone 10, the phones are getting getting longer. It's a, it's a different shape of a phone. How are we going to evolve all of our products to work in that environment? How do we want to think about virtual reality? Um, if you go too soon, you could burn up a whole year or two worth of roadmap resources for a product that's not ready for market. If you go too late, somebody else can get a jump on you. And so that's what the job is at its core. Then when you get it sort of a level deeper from that, it's, you know, you're sort of the 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 chief motivation officer. So I got to keep everybody else amped up and try to create a culture where everybody's bringing ideas forward and that they're excited and they don't just view it as making new products, but running businesses. And so, um, so when we create a new game, uh, they don't, they don't think of it just in terms of completing a project, but building a business. And, um, and then I'm the evangelist to go and get ideas from anywhere and everywhere and never want to miss a good one. But that, that's basically the job at its core. Without a doubt, Evolution are one of the most innovative game producers in the industry. They do classic games and they do them well, but they also do games with new mechanics, pushing the boundary as they see fit. What I want to know is where do the ideas originate and how does a game get made? So take a game like Dreamcatcher. Um, I'll come in and I'll say, we need something that can appeal to people beyond a table game audience. And Right now, all of our things are card games and all that sort of, this is a few years back now. And so we need to come up with something that's very unintimidating, that slot players would find friendly. I want it to be bubbly and playful and you need to be able to win big. And so I wanna take the big six wheel and turn it into something fun. Not a, not a hustling game with a huge house edge, but something with multipliers where you can sort of win unlimited money. And I wanna make a big, I wanna make a game show out of it. And so I'll say, okay, we're going to put multipliers on the wheel. And that's basically the game. And it's fun enough. And I think people will play. Now here comes the designers. Here comes the product owners. And we sit around tables and we just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Um, you know, lots and lots and lots of ideas. Most of them don't end up sticking. And, um, and that's all part of the process. That's, that's something that evolution's gotten good at is getting everybody to shout out ideas, but then not feeling bad when we say no to them. So, um, which is a tricky balance. Um, so, and, and, and anyway, to your question, how many people are involved in that core sort of game creation process? There's probably about, on any given game, 10 of us, between designers, product owners, you know, inevitably there'll be one or, one or two key um, developers that'll say, hey, here's some interesting trade-offs that we ha we're facing um, and that sort of thing. Then the game is sort of built, and then now it's about another hundred people to make the game operational. So you have to train the dealers and the game show hosts to uh, how do we want them conducting themselves on the game? What language do we want to use or not use? Um, who is our core audience? Um, how do we want to resolve mistakes when they inevitably happen? Um, so you've got the training, you've got the scheduling, you've got the all of the dealers, of course, you know, the supervision of those dealers, uh, game protection and risk. 
uh, ensuring that, again, back to Dreamcatcher, that the wheel is perfectly balanced at all times and that you don't have sections that are developing a, a bias and all that sort of stuff. It could, it could go on and on. One of Evolution's newest offerings on the market, Mega Ball, is a bingo lottery hybrid with some unique mechanics. Todd tells me it's simple to understand. In its purest form, make lines and make money. So in its purest form, that's what it is. And that's important because people need to understand that. And that's a language that people already speak from bingo. And they all kind of get it. Um, now, you can play one to 200 cards. And the hook is, and the whole reason you're playing the game, and you're not playing against other players. Uh, that's important. And the whole hook with the game is, if you make lines on your last ball, which is the mega ball, then you can really make big money because the last ball is always multiplied somewhere between 5x and 100x. And so like one line pays a little bit, but if you make five lines, then it pays mountains and that could be mountains times 50 or 100x. So you can really, really make money quickly. And on our second day after opening the game, a player came in and, and won like 580,000 on a, on a single single card so that was that was a pretty good pop i think he had six lines uh with a multiplier so it was pretty good i wanted to do a bouncing ball game for a long time um when i when i talk about like the future or games um i'll often talk about uh a language that gamblers speak so for example they already they already understand the language of a 52 card deck you can come up with your own deck of cards if you want but good luck Players don't want to learn a new language. They like the they like the the two through ace, and they like the the jacks, queens, and kings. They understand it. You know, you don't need to try to sell them on some new language. They understand bouncing balls. They understand dice. Yet, there was, in my opinion, nothing really fun in the bouncing ball genre. Yet, every state and every country has bouncing ball games. They all have lotteries or they, and, and they, they take different forms. They're bingo, there's, there's, um, there's Keno, there's lotteries. Within the lotteries, there's different, there's different kinds of lotteries where they have uh, the Powerball and, and things like that. And so I said, well, maybe we do a lottery game, an instant lottery. You can win lottery level money, but there's a game like every minute. And then as we kind of got into the say, okay, no, 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 that's, that's not fun enough. It's not visual enough. It's not interesting enough. And there's a huge bingo contingent online already. And so he said, let's play to that. Let's make it very much in the spirit of bingo. Despite being an online-only games operator, Todd and his teams find many real-world mechanical challenges when designing games, as is evidenced by a specific problem that cropped up while making Mega Ball. We struggled with the bouncing ball machine too. There wasn't a, um, a machine that was fast enough anywhere in the world that we could find um, or that could hold up. Just funny side story. We run about a game a minute. Okay, it's a little bit, little bit slower than that, but, but um, and we run 24-7. So we, we started talking to companies that make these bouncing ball games, machines. And, you know, they're used to bingo halls, right? Where they, they draw, they run for three or four hours, and then the night is over, and that's it. Okay, so we need a ball every, every 1.5 seconds. And the machines will just burn up on you. The balls get destroyed. The inside of the, the carriage, uh, the, the, the glass dome gets destroyed with balls bouncing on it at that scale. And nobody's ever operated on this scale. So we sort of had to work with a manufacturer from scratch. And that took a long time as well. 
So there are some challenges, but we bump into this all the time. We did a game called Deal or No Deal Live, where briefcases open and close. Well, you don't just go online to magicalbriefcases.com and buy them. You have to invent them from scratch. And so, but literally 24-7 nonstop, these motors are turning, lifting and opening and closing these briefcases, and it never stops And in the scale. So like, these, these ball manufacturer, ball make machine manufacturers were telling us, oh yeah, it's guaranteed for 10,000 games. So well, that's like six days for us. <laughs> that's nothing, you know? As Todd touched on, new games and new mechanics can be difficult to sell to gamblers. Megaball has been out for around a month now and the company has received a lot of feedback. When you launch a game during a global uh, shutdown <laughs> and everybody's at home, you tend to get an outsized response anyway. But even after you sort of adjust for that factor, um, the feedback has been amazing, and um, lots of lots of operators have been have told us very positive things. I, when we launch these games, I always read the chat logs every day um, for about the first two or three weeks, and um, and the chat is very positive, um, and it's friendly. It's fr it's a friendlier chat than most of our games. Like. <laughs> like Monopoly or some of these games, they, it, the chat can get quite nasty when they don't get when the players don't get what they want. But this is a more chill experience where people are sort of on their better behavior, and I, I haven't put my finger quite on why that is. But uh, the feedback has been great. Player numbers have been really good. Um, it's got a special ability to attract some high limit players, which has been surprising. You see some of these guys come in and betting quite quite large and buying two hundred cards at a time, and and um, it's been. It's been really positive. I'm, I'm very pleased so far. If you've played Evolution games before, you'll know that attention to detail is key. From how the studio looks, to how dealers interact with you, to camera angles, the UI, and the gameplay itself. This is something the company places a lot of emphasis on getting right. It's it's so critical, and particularly for a game like this. Um, where, so we've got, <clears throat> um, we, we've got 2D designers, meaning like UI, we've got 3D designers doing studios, we've got a product owner, um, we've got a, um, creative types in there, you got myself and they're all trying to think about how do all these elements fit together. So if you look at Megaball, for example, the user interface matches the studio. And we, we probably ripped up 15 different studio designs just because we didn't like it or it felt like too serious and not playful enough, or it was, it was too masculine, or, we felt it was it it um or and and, and like you're you're just constantly trying to get this balance of the studio to the user interface because it's all on your screen at the same time, and it has to tell a story, and people are going to feel immediately a certain way about the game uh, immediately upon entering. They're gonna they're gonna form a bunch of expectations. They're gonna have a sense where does the game feel honest? Does it feel fair? Does it feel fun? Does it feel fast? Uh, um. Does it feel um, like it's as a bingo player that I'll enjoy it? How about as a non-bingo player? That was one of the really fine lines. We 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 intentionally took the word bingo out of the name because we didn't want to be too associated to bingo. And then the studio has to then reflect that. And then you want it to be current but fun and playful, slightly nostalgic. Oh, we agonize over it every single day. It's so important. Having worked at so many different levels of the gambling industry, I wanted to get Todd's opinion on what makes Evolution Gaming such a unique developer in the space. We have a special ability to care 
And that's that's a little vague, so let me let me dial it in. Um, as I just said, we we will agonize over the details. Um, people don't aren't shy about coming in late with a great idea, even if it means more work for them, because you don't get punished for it. And so, in another company, maybe if you had a really good idea to make Mega Ball a better game, but it was disruptive, and you were going to have to scrap some of the code you've already written. Um, maybe like you're, you wouldn't want to do it because it would make the the project run over budget or over time. Now your CEO is going to scream at you. And even if you, if he lets you do it, you might get screamed at, or you lose some credibility within the company and, you know, that might impact your bonus or something. And we don't have any of that at evolution. Um, our religion is really making refined games. Um, I'll often say, like, the world isn't going to remember whether we launched two weeks or three weeks later, or, 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 you know, our company or our shareholders won't remember if we were an extra $75,000 over our original budget um, because we had to scrap a studio or something. Um, but what they will notice is the performance of the game for the next decade. Um, and hopefully we get a decade out of it instead of just three months, you know, and um, and having a, a core group of people that really don't mind um, doing the extra work, um, I guess it's, it's, we have a culture where you can be a hero if you have a good idea. And it can come from anywhere. It can come from a, a dealer or, or, or anyone, anytime. And I think in other companies, I mean, I've worked in other companies where if you have an idea, you're a thorn. You're, 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 that's to be met with like, hey, man, why are you trying to make our life more difficult? And um and we don't have that. We're we're very good at we're good at listening to each other. Um, we're good at we're good at saying, okay, now this person's talking. This is an expert in the space. Let's there this this her opinion is more valid than our opinion on this particular subject. We might disagree, but if if we have a standoff, we should go with what she says because she has a degree in design or whatever, you know. Um, and uh, so I think that's something we're particularly good at is. That last, you could call it that last 5%. It's, you spend about half of your time on the first 95% and then half of your time in the last five, it seems. And, um, and, and we're willing to do that. Despite lockdown disruption, Evolution remain on track with a jam-packed roadmap for the rest of 2020, including one of their biggest projects to date. We've got a couple zingers coming. Um, we've got a game called Power Blackjack, which is really cool game. It's it's it got unlimited number of players can play on it, and it's real simple. Instead of being able to double down, you can triple or quadruple down on any two cards. So really fun dynamic. Um, then we've got a game that has been long requested. I'm American, so I've wanted to do it forever. That's craps. And we've got a really cool kind of mechanical arm that shoots the dice. It's this old school studio like. 1920s Al Capone speakeasy cigar room style room with a craps table in it. It's it's really really cool. We've really done justice to the amazing game of craps. And then we've got what I think is, and I know this sounds crazy to say it, but I think it's the most fun casino game ever made. Um, it's called Crazy Time, and it's coming out in about a month. And uh, it's definitely the most expensive casino game ever made. And <laughs> it's um. It's it took the most resources to make it, um, but I think it's I think it's the most fun casino game ever made. Um, it's just like this carnival of activity, 
Um, it's in like, it's like Monopoly in the sense that it's a wheel game, but the, the wheel is just loaded with bonuses that take you off in different directions. And, um, and there's just bonus games within the game. And so you spend most of your time playing a variety of different exciting bonus games. And it's just so cool and so fun. It's, it's in the true spirit of one of these like great game shows where there's shows within the show. I can't wait to get it live. So that, that, that'll be the biggest one that we launch uh, uh, this year. That and Mega Ball are the two, the two headliners. A huge thank you to Todd and Evolution Gaming for participating in this episode. To keep up to date with what's going on at the company, you can check out evolutiongaming.com for news and product updates. You've been listening to The Knowledge Podcast, brought to you by gambling.com. To hear new episodes as soon as they're released, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Simply search for The Knowledge on your preferred platform.